Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, during the summertime, you continue to hate whiskey, right? I do. <laughs> but you enjoy a good cocktail. I do. I'm really excited to tell you that Impex Beverages has a line of cordials and liqueurs called California. Okay. Made by a guy named Martin Yeager. Okay. And he's from Sweden. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing a, this Swedish twist to classic spirits. Okay. Fernets, Amaros, Falernums. Great. I don't right? know what any Aquavit. of those things are. You've had them all. Oh. You've just had them in cocktails mixed oh. with other things. Okay. To make your life a better life. Okay. They're pure. They're natural. Barely any sugar. Nice. Something to look out for. Because now with, with Impex, we're spreading it all around the country now. Fantastic. California spirits. Okay. You know what else? What? Impex Beverages is a proud sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast. Excellent. Hey guys, it's Aaron. Just wanted to let you know this is part two of a two-part series. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we obviously recommend that you go back and listen to that one. Or you can just continue on if you want to be a rebel. And if you have already listened to the previous episode, well, I'm sorry for wasting your time. Enjoy. Hi, this is Sam Montgomery from Bardstown Bourbon Company. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers Podcast. of a taking this, I guess, back to consumers or like the people that you're trying to reach. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite things about our podcast is that we get the opportunity to talk to so many amazing people and just hear their stories and kind of like live vicariously through the experience that they've had on their whiskey journey or, you know, as they play their role in the whiskey industry. Um, I was curious if you had any particular favorite stories of when you've been introducing somebody to Bardstown who's new to Bardstown, maybe even new to bourbon. And, you know, just like anything that's, that's stuck out from the conversations you've had in that category. Gosh, you know, that is really tough to answer because it's been so many instances that it's hard to single out one of them. Um, and to be quite candid, it is usually, um, women that I have really great conversations with turning them to bourbon um, because it is a category that is mostly patroned by men. uh, But we're, um, you know, we're seeing a lot more female leaders. We're seeing a lot more um, female celebrators, female influencers. And so women are kind of turning their heads. And, and I really don't think it's uncommon that women are drinking bourbon. I just don't think it's as talked about. And I think there's, there's certain women out there that don't think it's for them because it's what their husband does once a month with the boys in the smelly basement or garage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, turning, women to it is always when I feel the most fulfillment from my job, because I, I just like 
I just like bringing as many people to, to enjoy it as possible because it's, it's an American spirit and we should start build, you know, start building traditions and ceremonies and, and ways to celebrate it, uh, together, right. With, with more people. So that's, that's been, you know, a large general statement of, of who I've had those really good interactions with, um, kind of a boring answer, but that's the only thing that I, that I can think of. I don't, I'm a little biased in that too, but I, no, I don't think that's a boring answer because, um, like even when I joined Cast Chasers and, and started working with Bobby and Aaron in this capacity, you know, I, I'm not the most experienced whiskey drinker myself. I know what I like. I love trying new things. I love the culture of it all and the people that I've gotten to meet through it, but I'm not yet very technical in my appreciation, how that kind of turns out. But all that being said, you know, some of the first comments I was hearing from our female listeners after joining was, oh my gosh, Katie, like, I'm so glad that you commented about how this one whiskey smells to you or what it makes you think of, because I think similar things, but I've been afraid to say anything um, or like voice that opinion because I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. So, you know, on one hand, I'm like, okay, great. So I do a really good job of sounding like an idiot that encourages other people to sound smarter than I am, (laughs) Uh, you know, in a loving way. I'm I'm happy to play that. But, you know, on an, on a serious note, it is, I don't know. It's just so, um, like you said, it's fulfilling when you realize that the role that you play can help other people kind of find their voice in it, especially if they didn't think they had one before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the most interesting things is that like you can get so, you know, you can get so into the category that you forget what it's like to not be an expert a little bit. And and I always try to bring myself back to that because, and it's not just women, it's, it's men too. And it's, and it's older generations too, that are like, man, I'm just starting to get into bourbon. Bourbon is popular right now. People are turning to it, but they don't know how to go about doing it. And there's a lot of strong opinions out there and I'm guilty of a few of them. Um, but you know, so many people are listening to, to these experts that are like, you know, making it seem like you have to drink it straight, that you work your way up to barrel proof and that's like graduating, you know, or, or something. And I'm like, listen, this is a straight spirit. <laughs> I don't know anybody that really, uh, just, just starts out appreciating a straight scotch. Like you, you just don't. And if you do cool, uh, here's a stick. Ever. But, you know, it's, and then they try it straight and they're like, wow, I don't like that. And of course you don't, it's straight alcohol. Like <laughs> let's, let's water it down. Let's dig into the flavor. Let's find a way to enjoy it. And there's no like steps to graduate. Like you don't, you know, I know plenty of people, flavor scientists and and people that work in, in labs and are, you know, uh, investigating barrels and their correlate, like that are pro at tasting whiskey and identifying flavors and chemicals and stuff like that. And they, at the end of the day, love a whiskey sour. That's, that's how they prefer to drink it. Does that mean that they're a lesser professional? Absolutely not. Then somebody that says marzipan about everything, like, no, no way. <laughs> You're the uh, second so, person to bring 
literally today you're the second person yeah. that's that's brought up marzipan specifically. I gotta eat marzipan. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That, that is... was just really funny. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I so I'm so sick of the word marzipan, and it's come to all right. Here's a small story. Sam's really bad at telling stories and taking the whole conversation off track. But I, I've i heard marzipan so often that I've grown to detest the word because I think part of the reason people are so intimidated by bourbon is like they can't understand it. And I don't know about you, but like I do not own marzipan in my spice cabinet, in my pantry, in my fridge. I don't even know where you keep it, um, but I don't have it. I don't know where you find it in the grocery store. And like one of my best friends and, and one of the women that I've, I've bartended with is a, is a, was a chef and a baker and she knew exactly what marzipan is and she's used it. And like, I love that. I'm not going to hate you if, if that really comes from personal experience, but I think you hear one professional say it and then all these people start saying it because they think it makes them sound smarter. And it's like, even if you do get it, I think your job as an influencer or an educator is to describe things in a way that people understand. So even mm-hmm. if you are experiencing marzipan, like let's put it in terms that is are going to want people, encourage people to want to drink it, right? So my funny story is that I have grown this unhealthy obsession with hating the word marzipan that I am now so familiar with marzipan. <laughs> and, and I remember when Fusion 4 came out and I tasted it, I just went, Oh, that's, that's the most marzipan tasting bourbon I've ever tasted in my life. I don't know how to describe it as anything else. Like this is marzipan and now it's in my head and now I'm one of those assholes. So, you know, <laughs> things come full circle. Sam, things come full circle. Sam, we try to send guests swag and, you know, things like that just as a thank you for coming on the show. And normally we send a glass, a t-shirt or whatever. You're getting a pound of mar- marzipan. A pound of marzipan. <laughs> whatever it is. We gotta, whatever marzipan yeah. is, you're getting a pound of it. You got to find Ah, that is just silly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I love <laughs> I love the flattery, but she's, she's uh, not even she's not even playing into she's it. Like, she's shut, like, yeah, shut, okay, shut up, okay, shut up. big guy, shut up. Um, so, to tie together what you guys are saying yeah. though with what Sam just said, I think, and this has been one of the things that I've enjoyed the most in you know my whiskey journey. I do think that you know even if we break it down to something scientific, we've had how many people come on the show and reference great sources that say, you know, the male palate is different and in some ways a little bit more limited to the nuances of flavor science. than a woman's palate. Yeah. Science said it. <laughs> but if you, if you just kind of take the approach of, I don't know, I, I feel like the tastings that we've gone through um, with either women leading the tasting or women being there as part of the tasting, you kind of open up this different dimension about how you talk about whiskey and it's more experience related. It's more memory related. Maybe it's more, you know, I am going to take what I'm nosing or tasting in this and break it down into a flavor that I can understand because maybe I also don't know what marzipan is. You know, it's to me, that's kind of what the the broader mindset ties into. I want marzipan so bad right now. (laughs) Is it, is it almond candy? Is that, Right, it's, it's an it's an almond paste. Yeah, it yeah, sounds terrible, like, but I mean, it's probably okay, right? It's not terrible, but I'm telling you, once you are familiar with it, and if you have a bottle of Fusion Four, it's impossible to not so, Sam, to not see it. <laughs> you, I'm a segwayer, and it sounds like so are you. So you'll appreciate this. Let's tangent real quick, if that's okay. We'll Love edit it. if it's terrible. Tell me 
and I'm not putting you on the spot. Again, I can edit. What are the what are your least favorite things to hear in the whiskey world? And we'll put marzipan obviously at the top. What are your if you can give me a, like a short list, like the things you want people to just please stop saying. I'll have one, and I'm guilty of it. And I said it not too long ago. I know what your one is. It's my sent my juice. Same one. Oh, juice no, bothers you know, juice bothers me, and I say it. I'll be like the juice is good. I hate that. I hate hearing it. And then sometimes I'll say it. And then when I say it, I'm like, oh my god, I want to say that. And it's just <laughs> something people say. And it's nothing wrong with it. You can say it. It's fine. It is a juice, I guess, in its own right. I just can't stand the word. What do you have? What's some things that pick? Let's pick on people. Let's be bullies real quick. It's fun sometimes, I guess. Man, <laughs> we could we could really bully something. So things that don't bother me are anybody's inability to describe something because that's where I like to come in as an educator. Like, Hey, let's dig a little bit deeper. Like you say baking spices. I say, which one, you know, and, and, um, you know, the word smooth bothers a lot of people. I love it. I'm like, what about it is smooth? Like, is it, is it more like monotone? Like, is it, is it kind of one straight flavor front to back or is it smooth physically on the palate? Like, what do you mean by that? And, and so I, I love things like that. The things that I hate are a bit more industry forward and maybe, maybe not the best things for me to say as a brand ambassador of, of a brand, but like when people, and, and I try to humble myself and go, Hey, this person is just so excited. And that is the perfect person. Like that's an opportunity, right? Like when people ask a question to answer it, Mm. I I absolutely cannot stand that. <laughs> like, to, like yourself I, up. Yeah. 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 And it's just like this weird thing that I see all the time and, and it's hard to give you an example, but I, to try, like, they'd be like, does, you know, does, I, I can't even think of anything, but they'll just say something like really, really complex that you're like, wow. Yeah, I know I can answer that for you. But then they just kind of like yep. get your first two words and then finish your sentence. And I'm like, Okay. Like, did we, <laughs> did we want to just show off how, how much we know, or do we want to like have, learn from each other and have a conversation? So those are little things that like, I have to remind myself like, Hey, this is why you're, you're in the industry. You, you gotta, you gotta pick opportunities like that. They're not problems. They're opportun- opportunities. And I, I kind of pride myself in being able to pivot that into a, a beneficial conversation, but it's something that happens on a day-to-day basis, assuming I'm in front of consumers. Well, and that's really helpful to me also. And uh, boring. The, uh, it's boring answer. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. And, that's and not because, because it was my question. It was not a boring answer. If, if anything, <laughs> to be candid, that was the supreme answer because that is the most annoying thing that something somebody can do is set you up and then hit you with this weird thing you didn't even ask for or you didn't want to be a part of and you're like i just came here to drink whiskey with you i didn't need to know what right i didn't care about that question you asked and i know I you've heard it's called a, four, a level it's a level four char but if we want to go in a little more depth i don't i don't want to <laughs> i don't really yeah well e- even with smooth even with the word smooth i'm one of those people that rolls his eyes when somebody says smooth but to uh, like you said to turn that into an opportunity like as as an educator and as a, we like to think that we sort of help to educate people shepherd people you know from one place to another that's that's something uh, 
I always have to stifle a sigh or an eye roll when I hear the word smooth, but looking at it as an opportunity like that, well, you know, does to to you what does smooth mean to you does it mean it hurts less does it mean this thing does it mean you know like what what does that mean i think i think i i think that's i think that's that's great hey chasers aaron here i wanted to talk about our sponsor wilderness trail distillery if you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. There's so many more things I want to talk to you about. Um, one, one thing... Uh, is uh, we talked briefly about Bardstown and innovation, and I mean, if you look at if you look at the bottle, if you look at the the facility, which is gorgeous, you know, it it, it all kind of screams innovation, you know, uh, 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 new beginnings almost, and, and and all this sort of thing. Can you talk a little bit about just that aspect of Bardstown um, innovation and me? Anything that you're excited about that's coming up, you know, without revealing things that you're not allowed to reveal or whatever. Um, but no, just no, so- no, 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 Sam, reveal something you're not supposed to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I almost always do. I okay, don't know well, how good. I haven't. Well, then just do it. In trouble yet? Um, so <laughs> I I don't know what it is. I don't have anything in mind, but I'll just start talking there and then we'll find it. Um, so a couple of super exciting things that that were kind of celebrating uh, at Bard Sun right now is the launch of our new bottling line. Um, so now, you know, being this kind of unicorn in the bourbon industry that does these custom recipes for a lot of bourbon brands, we're now able to, to put that to glass for them as well. And there's a lot of flexibility and customization and, and in our bottling capabilities as well. So kind of a geekier industry thing, um, that maybe consumers find interesting, maybe they don't, but it's, it's certainly taking us to the next level on, on what we can provide to our customers. So, um, that's incredibly exciting. One thing I think I'm allowed to talk about, cause I'm pretty sure I saw it, uh, in a press release recently is that Coors, Coors Bank or Coors, uh, brewing company Coors is, is getting into the whiskey business and, and we are going to be their, their grand glass. Um, so that's, that's huge. Uh, we're really excited about that partnership. You know, that's, that's not going to take away from, from anything that we've got going on with our own brand, but that's, you know, I- incredible to have that partnership. Um, so that's, that's a big one. What do you guys think about that? That's pretty <laughs> I good. might actually start drinking Coors beer then because that's that's actually a beer that's kind of on my shit list you know sorry for any course fans out there but if there's something interesting coming up with that partnership then you know i might have to take that as an opportunity as you said well what's interesting and 
your your brand is quality product and not that I mean Coors speaks to a, a market and the sales side to me is like that's bravo Coors. I, the first thing that comes to my mind that's a lot of production a but b that's impressive to Coors to seek out someone and they could have won a lot of places and that's me trying to be honest they could have done a lot of things i've i've seen there's a lot of whiskeys out there that just make for the sake of making for the sake of mass production and you know they'll go to different outlets i don't see bardstown creating anything but good so that's going to be interesting my only piece and this is this could be a whole nother episode that i hope we have i mean that's a big piece that's a big take is what is the consumer fee and how that's a marketing that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting marketing triumph to try to a overcome your whiskey people who are going to be like what and then your your regular consumer who will take it just for the sake of taking it that's going to be i'm interested to see how that plays out because you're a great product and cores is a mass-produced product how do those things come together? I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, can you speak at all to that? To like, what is it going to be a bourbon? Is it what? Do you know? Can you say? I don't know. Okay, I really and that's don't fine. Know. I, I, I would say if I could, um, but uh, the dealings of that conversation are not really. Uh, they don't really have anything to do with our, our, our brand mostly, um, you know, what, what they decide to do with their, uh, juice. And we're done. That's the end of it. It's entirely up to them. And obviously this is something that's going to take, you know, is, is years in the making. So I am completely uninvolved in those conversations. So I'm not going to act like I know anything about it. I just know that we announced the partnership and the conversations are starting to take place. So I think it's, it's cool. something. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. It's something to get excited for. You know, Coors is, uh, you know, a very well-marketed brand and a very, um, you know, ubiquitous, very well-known. And I think that the fact they're getting into the whiskey industry says a lot about how the category is, you know, they, they see that as, um, you know, a secure investment, right? So, so more and more people are drinking bourbon and they're not afraid that that's going to go away. They're not afraid they can't convert that audience. So that's, that's good for everybody in the category. Cause that just means more and more people are going to be drinking it, which is great. And as you guys know, like nobody's out there or we see less, I'm sorry, I should not say nobody. We see less people really with this kind of diehard brand loyalty when it comes to the bourbon category, you know, vodka and, and other spirits are a different story, but like the more you get into bourbon, the more you want to try them all and own several. Right. So it's, it's, it's not exactly a competitive nature, you know, when one succeeds to bring more people to the table, we all kind of benefit from that. I know. Assuming I, you make it and make a good product. So I know, I'm excited about it. I know you have the Bartown has the clout. I think that's what's interesting. If that my takeaway from this is, you know, and Bartown has the clout and the and the um and the and the position to support a brand like them. And it, this is going to sound like a parent that just loves their kid more. You know, he's the best on the team kind of thing. I just love Bardstown. Um, they're lucky. They went the right direction. I think that's going to be good for Coors. I think it, I think Coors thinks we're Coors. We're going to, you know, we're, we're putting whiskey on the map. I think it's the other way around. I think true from a whiskey enthusiast point of view. Now, there's a difference between mass product. You know, people just go out and grab a bottle for whatever their cocktails. And then your whiskey enthusiast. I'm talking about two categories. Your whiskey enthusiast 
will respect it because there's enough clout and enough respect for Bardstown that they'll respect that. If Coors is transparent and kind of puts that, if I was Coors, I'd have that on my lay. I would have somewhere in there where I got my juice from. <laughs> and then I, I hope would, so. I hope. I hope. God, if we ever hang out, I hope Coors. When the, if this when this happens, they put we got our juice from Bardstown notes marzipan and <laughs> and then i want it all to be there and i want it all just to come together and just and that's i nice. love it it's a great idea i mean i think i think we just uh read our own destiny there guys because um sam i don't want to put words in your mouth or an invitation out there that you haven't issued but I think having a tasting with you would be fantastic. You know, if it's the Coors Bardstown partnership or something else, I'm down because this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I'm having a ton of fun with you guys. I, I real quick, I want to step back. I also want that to happen. But in addition, <laughs> uh, earlier on, you were talking about how you were a bartender for quite some time. And you, you were saying, you know, you sort of like to keep one foot in one foot in there. And we talked briefly about a couple cocktails. I would like to know, because we were talking about bourbon and, you know, it's a celebration. It's this, it's that. Do you have any cocktails that you really, really love for specific times, holidays, seasons? What She's like, man, how much time you got? Oh, you guys are trying to yeah. have a second episode, huh? <laughs> yes, I, I'm an, I'm a cocktail enthusiast. I'm a cocktail lover. I, I constantly think in cocktails when I'm grocery shopping, when I get an invitation to a party, my, my neighbors will have, you know, a party and I'm like, okay, but who's bringing the cocktail and what are we celebrating? And, <laughs> and what do people drink and, and what time of year is it? So yeah, I, I 100% have, um, a cocktail for every occasion. And, uh, so just a quick bullet points, I would say, um, you know, a, my people ask me what my go-to cocktail is and, and it's definitely a Boulevardier because I think it's, it's impossible to screw up if you know the recipe, uh, it's three ingredients. None of them require any prep time or fresh ingredients, right? It's, it's three spirits stirred over ice with an orange peel being the only exception to that. Um, it's light, it's bourbon forward, it's bitter. I love introducing people to bitter flavors because how, how do you make it if you don't? Just... Uh, so it's, it's typically, and this is an arg arguable, right? So, uh, typically it's equal parts whiskey, which can be rye or bourbon, um, Campari, which is a bitter red liqueur and sweet vermouth. And there's a lot of variation you can do with just those three ingredients. You know, Campari, you could sub out for Capoletti or Aperol if you want something less bitter. Uh, sweet Vermouth, you have a lot of different brands and qualities and regions, French versus Italian. Um, you can switch it up and do dry vermouth and you have uh, an old pal, which is, it's kind of this like, it's this uh, just kind of center cocktail that you can do a whole lot with. You can batch it and infuse it. I've infused some with cocoa nibs and coffee beans. Um, I've had a friend uh, in the bourbon woman infuse it with like pineapple rinds. And that was like very summertimey. So that's kind of like my go-to cocktail uh, that I know like 
if I'm not really in a mood or I don't really know what I want, that is always going to make me happy. That's so amazing. it's a good starting point if you want to start making cocktails or I, if you want to try something I watched, new. I watched Sam and Fuse and I was trying to keep up. I was at work and trying to keep up with her and trying to – I was working on the show. I was on the Instagram and everything. I was watching her on the side. I have another computer. And she was in – and, I, and I, was, I was literally on Instagram, I think, doing whatever. And I look over and she was infusing some type of flower – in a, yeah. In, yeah, and I was like, "What is happening over here?" <laughs> it was like some. It was like watching. It was science, is what it was. So, uh, real quick, and we're here to talk Bar's Town and, and you and how awesome everything. Can we quickly, if it's okay, to can we plug that um, that um, the 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 master behind the cocktails um, the night of our dinner and the one that was making she was she was serving Katie her uh, mocktails. She was. Elite. What is her name? Her name is Judy. Her name is Judy. She's the beverage director at Gavitas, and she is absolutely excellent. We um, Bartstown hosted a little after party for just the industry people. Um, After the that Sunday of that weekend, there was a gin ricky competition. Um, and we had a little after party that was just for industry and she was there and we sat and had drinks and talked and almost like zoned out the entire rest of the party for like at least an hour, if not a couple hours. She is incredible. Those cocktails were amazing. Yeah. Well, as a human, I got to chat with her a little bit. I love people that care about their art and she, that's what she just cares, but she was amazing. She would bring Katie, and I like Katie. I mean, Katie, she, right? She would bring you these drinks. I felt, I felt like I was the guest of honor at that dinner. Honestly, it was the way, ridiculous. Not just that she thought through it, the way that she presented them herself, and and like walked through. Oh my gosh, it was it was like the third to last course that we had, and I remember she came out. And she had this diamond shaped ice cube and she had just taken a blowtorch and like toasted the anise that went into it. And then she's, I mean, it was a whole production. And the fact that she went through and thought about that and then made it the presentation, I was embarrassed because I felt like I was the center of attention at this like wonderful dinner. It was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. I just, I wanted to give her a quick shout out because. And that's, that's it. Gravitas in, uh, in DC, yeah. their website's www.gravitasdc. Dot com and that that's where we had the dinner that we go keep there bringing, bringing and enjoy up. The, it went, while you're drinking Bardstown on the way there because you have a bottle. <laughs> Don't, no, that's or no, no, no. That's how we're I go. Drink, you're, you're, you're you not, drink not, responsibly. That's what you, we when say. you're drinking responsibly at some other time, um, um, I don't tour DC without a bottle of Bardstown. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> just FYI, how I live my life. <laughs> you do you. That's what we like to hear. Well, Sam, was there anything else that you wanted to get into? Or um, I know that we typically like to make sure that we give you a chance to plug like any of your social media handles, anything that Bardstown's got coming up. So last few minutes are yours. Yeah. Or if there's just anything we haven't talked about, period, that you wanted to bring up. To be honest, there's there's so much that we haven't talked about um, because Bardstown is just man, just a moving target. Like we're we're just right now we are building three new rick houses one of them is going to be made entirely of glass uh we are building an an outdoor patio bar that i plan to do uh, hopefully a little tiki pop-up to help kind of celebrate it for the bardstown locals you guys are planning a trip that would be a good time to come um and and we are uh, getting ready to release 
our next collaboration, which is going to be a cognac finish uh, where we teamed up with uh, Pierre Ferrand, Maison Ferrand Cognac, uh, which is incredible. Um, so, you know, I think the, the best piece of advice just to stay up to date on everything is to follow us on Instagram, which is at Bardstown Bourbon Co. Also, um, follow my Instagram, which is at there for you in spirits. If you want all those cocktail recipes and, and see where, you know, my whiskey travels are taking me, it's always a good time. Um, and then lastly, we are just now, um, selecting our regional semifinalists for our world's top whiskey taster competition, which is almost another episode in its own, but we are going to be hosting five regional semifinals across the country. We're going to be in Chicago, Atlanta, LA, New York, and, uh, Oh God, uh, Dallas. So all coming up before the end of the year. And then each of those winners is going to come to our distillery in December for the, the final competition where we'll crown a world's top whiskey taster. Um, and they're going to win 20 grand. They're going to get a block party with our mobile tasting bar. And they're going to be able to get the opportunity to come up with their own blend that will sell exclusively at the distillery. Wow, It's an incredible time. It's too late to enter the competition, so I didn't want to hype it too much in this episode. But if you're interested in following along with the competition, seeing who makes it through when these events are going to take place, go to worldstopwhiskeytaster.com um, and stay, stay with us on Instagram, and we'll let you know how to sign up for SMS messaging that will keep you up to date on, on all of these things, how to get tickets if you want to come to those events, and, and, and how to sign up next year. Uh, as well. It's something that we're going to hold every year. And it's, it's something super cool. That's, that's really never been done before that we're, we're trying to do to just kind of lead more of these conversations, you know, more of the education behind the product that you're enjoying and, and the people that are out there helping us to educate like you guys. So a lot, a lot to throw in there at the end. You can edit that (laughs) however you want, but yeah, there's, we got a lot going on a lot we're excited about. All right, Chasers, that'll do it for now. If this was your first time tuning in, what took you so long? All jokes aside, we're so happy to welcome you to the Cast Chasers family, and we definitely hope you'll come back for more next week. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, in short, wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can even join our Facebook group for bonus points. And if you want even more Cast Chasers, check out our website, Cast chasers.org for show notes, cast chaser swag, and more. Until next time you join us, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase.